0: Good morning, it's my pleasure to be able to be speaking with you this morning, Pastor Dave turned it over to me, oh Lord, (laughs) and he's here, I don't know, I'm I'm a little nervous, he might be staying in and watching me, you got senior pastor sitting up here, expect him on the front row taking notes, right? (laughs) No, it's a great pleasure to be with you this morning, Um, you know, the enemy of our soul didn't, didn't want us here this morning, but thank God we are, right? Amen? You know, uh, I almost missed Thanksgiving dinner. And I, was get, I was getting a little hot, let me tell you. Um, you know, on Monday, I mean, I was really sick uh, the past several weeks and, and um, through the weekend last Sunday, actually, second service, I had to go home. I just couldn't take it anymore. But I called the doctor and they said, hey, you need to get up here. And So I went into to the, the VA on Monday, uh, hospital up in Richmond, and they said, look, you know, you're not going home. I'm like, what you mean? <laughs> Like three days before Thanksgiving. What are you talking about? (laughs) You know, so but they uh they admitted me in the hospital and I had an infection and they, you know, gave me medicine. And uh, on Tuesday they were like, Well, I'm sorry, but we're gonna have to keep you for a few more days. You might not make it back for Thanksgiving. I'm like, Look, I got my in-laws coming in, I got my son coming back from college, I got, you know, all this, the house is tore up, my wife's about to have a fit. I mean, she's about to have a breakdown. Man, I gotta go home for Thanksgiving now. There ain't and they said, okay, you can go home, but you can't eat anything. <laughs> what do you mean I can't eat anything? But anyway, but thank God, you know what? I just, I was kind of rebellious. Lord, forgive me. I, I said, I'll start that diet on Monday. <laughs> Monday's a good day to start a diet, not on Thursday, <laughs> right? But anyway, it was a good weekend. We had family in. Did y'all enjoy your Thanksgiving? Amen. Amen. Let's pray over the word heavenly father lord we just thank you for this word god you are so faithful you are so awesome lord lord and we're going to be talking about living a life of consistency lord so i just pray right now father that you just open our hearts and open our minds to what you have to say to us this morning so that we can not just hear it lord not just be hearers of the word but doers of the word Lord, so just open our hearts and our minds to perceive what you're speaking to us this morning. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. amen. We're going to be starting out in Romans uh, chapter 7, verse 14 and uh, through 25, is uh, where you can turn to your Bibles if you have them, or you can look at the notes. You know, we're going to go there in a second, but I just want to set things up a little bit by saying, you know, Kim and I have been talking, she's been reading, you know, she's doing... Um, reading through the bible, you know, every in like a year or whatever it is, you know. And she's like in 2 Kings and, and through the kings and we've been talking about how what she was realizing was man, they were really wicked back then. I mean, there's Jewish people that they had the they had the Torah, they had the law, they had all this stuff, but yet they were following pagan gods and they were they were sacrificing their children as Pastor Dave has has illustrated in some of his sermons that They sacrificed their children on altars to foreign gods. They were were just terrible. There's nothing new under the sun. Amen? That what people struggled with back then, we're still struggling with today. And the wars that wage on the inside of us back then are waging on the inside of us today. Wickedness. I mean, the Bible says that you know, in, in the parable that Jesus talks about, that the wheat and the tares are going to grow together, right? That these two kingdoms um, of light and darkness they're going to grow together. So there's nothing new. And and Paul in Romans kind of illustrate, and there's a perfect illustration of this war that rages on the inside of us. So that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. So if I could, if we could go to um, the second slide, actually, and So Paul starts to illustrate these two laws at work, and he he points out two laws, which are the law of the spirit and the law of sin, okay? So there's two, and Paul's a little conflicted here. He's got it going on the inside of himself. So we're going to be getting there in a second, but I just want to have you ask a couple questions. Do you ever feel confused about your own spiritual walk? Uh, Right? I mean, I know I do. I struggle at times. I mean, I, I ask God, me, God, why am I sick? Why am I, why do, why am I broke? <laughs> you know, money, <laughs> money wise, right? I mean, I know that's more of a financial thing, but it, it rolls over into spirit because it affects my spirit. Man, when I don't have no money, right? I'm like, Lord, I'm, I'm paying my tithes. I'm doing what you've called me to do. I'm walking in this. I mean, come on, God, what's going on? Do, do you ever struggle that way? Do you? Do you ever feel unworthy? Do you ever feel unworthy of of the call on your life? The the mistakes that you make and, you know, this, man, God, I don't know what you see in me. Right? Well, you're not the only one. Even Paul recognized the war that raged. Uh, I think I got a, a typo there. It says wagged, I think. Waged, I don't know. Um, I'm not the best speller in the world, so if there's any typos, you'll have to overlook those. <laughs> but Paul recognized that war, that wa- the war that was uh, raging on the inside of himself. Matter of fact, he even called himself a wretched man. Paul, the guy that ascended into heaven. Right? A wretched man. Identity issues, Paul had them. Let's, let's look at Romans 7, 14 through 25. This, I love this section of scripture because it illustrates, I don't know if it's because Paul's a confusing writer or if he was just confused. I'm not sure, but listen, listen to this. It says, I do not understand what I do. For what I want to do, I do not do, but what I hate, I do. And if I do what I do not want to do, I agree that the law is good. As it is, it is no longer I myself who do it, but it is the sin that lives in me. For I know that good itself does not dwell in me, that is, in my sinful nature. For I have the desire to do what is good, but I cannot carry it out. For I do not do the good that I want to do, but the evil that I do not want to do. This I keep on doing. What a wretched man I am. Who will rescue me from this body that is subject to death? Paul was a little conflicted, wasn't he? Does that sound confused? I mean, I don't know. He's like, man, what is wrong with me? I, I, I want to do good, but I can't. I, I want to do good, but there's this evil thing inside me, but I, I just don't know what to do. Is there somebody that can rescue me? Don't we, aren't we all there sometimes? Man, do you ever, I, I wake up sometimes and I look in the mirror and I'm like, you wretched man. <laughs> I do, I'm sorry. I, I'm like, God, what are you seeing me? But we're gonna be talking about that because that's, because we all get there, don't we? But there's something coming. So stay with me. You know, being in the school system and counseling here, I talk with a lot of people, and over the years I've talked with a lot of people, and they all talk about uh, living life on this roller coaster, that, you know, some days they're really, I mean, they're, and I can just see it in my kids, man, I tell you what, you would not believe the number of kids in the school system that have the I- identifier bipolar. Right, teachers out there? come on. I was in the school system here for eight years. You would not believe the number of kids that have the identifiers as bipolar, or oppositional defiant, or uh, it's staggering. ADHD, all kinds of them. But you know what I found? And I, I mean, I've literally taken a kid. I'm going to tell you a little story about a little boy that I that I taught. And he wasn't even a special ed a student. He was just a a normal kid, and they just could not control him in the classroom. And I pulled him into my classroom. I started talking to him, like, "Man, what's going on? What's going on in your life? You know, tell me what what's happening." He starts telling me the story. He's like, "Well, you know, I live with my adopted uh, mom, foster foster mom. You know, my uh, parents they try, they abused me when I was little. Um, ended up in the hospital." As a, as a little little baby, I mean, like two years old, you know, was abused. And he said, so I was adopted by this, this family, foster family, and I've been living with them for the past, he's about 12 years old, so living with them for the past 10 years. My adopted mom's dying of cancer, and my adopted father doesn't want me. This kid's emotions were all over the place. I mean, one day he'd be (laughs) flat. he's all over the classroom talking, the next day he's down here. Next day he's up here, next day he's down here. They could not control him. So what I did was I pulled him in and I started talking to him. I started telling him about, you know, how there was a different way to live. Now, see, I couldn't preach the gospel, right? But there's that gospel that just weaves through it all, right? I'm going to find a way to preach the gospel, and eventually, you know, he did ask me about the gospel, and I, I, see, now, when you ask me about the gospel, that opens the door for a teacher. You know, teachers, that you can share your faith if they ask you to. If a, if a student asks you to, you can share your faith. So he, he told me about this, how his emotions, how his life just filled in chaos and you know just day by day his motions were all over the place and I started helping him and I started putting some things in place for rewards for him to earn and that little kid loves some video games you know so I called some of the teachers on his team and I said look how would you like an opportunity to get some consistency in this kid's life and have him not terrorize your classroom they're like sign me up I said okay give me all your old video games they're like what and there was one teacher Mr. Macam. He was a teacher there at Challenger, and, and he gave me all of his um, PlayStation 2 games, you know. So I put him in my class store. And I started working with the kid, and I started giving him something to earn, something to work for. I started bringing him in. I started letting him come and eat lunch with me. I started doing something where he would have a consistent pattern in his life. And I, mean, I just started drilling in consistency, 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 consistency into everything that he did. And all of a sudden, he went from an F student to an A student. In one year's time, not even one year, like one semester's time. I started working with the teachers on how to, to handle his, his that's, I was a behavior specialist, so how to handle his discipline in the classroom and, and how to talk to him and how, you know, because he was oppositional. He didn't want to listen to anybody. He was angry. So I started working him with that. And he started getting better and better and better. But he explained to me that he lives life on a roller coaster And he couldn't figure out how to get off of it. And I explained to him that you have to believe in something, first of all, to have consistency in your life. You know, Neil Anderson says, uh, in Victory Over Darkness, it says, if you want, if what you believe doesn't reflect truth, then what you feel doesn't reflect reality. Now that's not on your notes, that was extra. I just came up with that last night. (laughs) Think about that for again, again for a second. You can write it down. If what you believe doesn't reflect truth, then what you feel doesn't reflect reality. And this little guy's emotions were all over the place. Because he didn't have a truth system. He didn't have a belief system to stand on. He'd been, you know, all over the place. So today, we're going to find out a little bit about that truth system, that belief system. So that our feelings reflect reality. Because, you know, that's where we struggle. It's those those emotions that are up, those emotions that are down, all over the place. Let's find some consistency in life. So Paul talks about this this roller coaster, and and he he defines it in two ways. The law of sin, so there's this law of sin operating in our lives. And it says, uh, I have a question here, it says, what does the flesh want? You ever ask yourself that question? What does the flesh want? Because if it's a a war raging on in the inside of us, there's desire there, right? And Paul talks about that. It's what I want to do and what I don't want to do. So there's this conflict. So in his conscious self, he's saying, I want to follow God. But in this subconscious self, there's this sin nature at work that want something too. So there's, there's conflict between those two things, those two constructs, right? So what does the flesh want? I know, what, I know what I want. I want to serve God. I want to follow him. I want freedom. I want everything that the Bible says, right? But what does the flesh want? You ever thought about that? And all of us are a little bit different. Your flesh is a little bit different than my flesh. Your desires and needs are a little bit different than my desires and needs, but we all got them. And if it's sinful, it's no good, right? I talk about this all the time with my youth group and with, with kids that I know, because there's something that I've learned in, in these years of ministry, and these years of reflection of being a Christian, that it's that, that thing that you shouldn't have, that you want the most. Did you ever notice that? So I, I was, I actually lost a couple uh, of the youth group uh, when this movie came out because I was so hard on it. You know that movie about the, um, what's that movie about the vampires and the werewolves? The uh, Twilight. Yeah, yeah, Twilight. So <laughs> I was preaching about Twilight with the youth group years ago when that movie first came out, and and I was talking to them about. You know, what What makes this such a great movie? And, and you know, all the girls, it's a love story. Oh, it is. A love story. Okay. Yeah, it's so romantic. He's a vampire. He doesn't have a soul. Okay. All right. So we're, we're, we're getting past that. So I look at him and I say, okay, so you're telling me that I mean, if you guys haven't seen the movie or know anything about it, I don't know if this will make sense or not. He's kind of a, he's real pale. He's kind of white, you know, white. He lives out in the woods, you know, with this family of vampires and has these special powers, you know. He can, like, read her mind and talk to her, and he can come up to her window, and he can run through the treetops, and, you know, he can, you know, the sunlight doesn't burn him. It just makes him glitter, you know. Right? So... So I tell him, I say, so you're telling me if this was some pasty white boy living out in the woods with his family of weirdos, he would be attractive to you. And he didn't have any glittery powers. And two of the youth group got up, and these two just got them left right there. Like, I guess you can't take it. All right. It's not about him glittering in the sunlight it's not about love or emotion or feelings. He's evil. He represents evil. And our sin nature is just drawn to the thing that we're not supposed to have. That's what it's really about. Amen? Because there's this sin thing on the inside of us that draws and lures us, and that thing that, that we're not supposed to have. I mean, come on, check it out. I'm not letting anybody up for air today. Bring your two year old in, in the room and you put something really pretty on the stand and you say, Don't touch that. They get a little smile on their face because you know they're going to touch it. Teenager, I'm going to give you a break. Tell a teenager, You cannot do that. You cannot go to that concert. You cannot do this or whatever. First thing they're going to do, unless. You have raised them in the fear and admonition of the Lord, right? But left to the world, that's what's going to happen. Left to their sinful nature. Man, those kids that I dealt with, especially that little guy, you told him he couldn't do something. It was like, what he would dig his heels in. He'd like, you want to make a bet? Tell me I can't. Say I can't. That's what he would say to me. Say I won't. You won't. You know? Man, adults, I ain't letting you up either. Pretty girl at work, can't have her. What's your sinful nature say? I want her. Right? Men, women, I ain't even can go there because I ain't going to pick on you. Because my wife will be in second service and she'll slap me. <laughs> no. it, but it's all of us, isn't it? It's all of us. We got that thing on the inside of us. And I, was a, I, I didn't ask him if I could tell this, but I think she'll be all right. But I was a young man once, and there was a pretty girl at work that flirted with me, and it felt good, and it was a secret, you know, and I liked it. It made me feel good. It, it fulfilled something that was lacking in my soul but the conviction of God came upon me, and I told my wife about it. And all of a sudden, it wasn't so, it wasn't so uh, desirable. <laughs> and instead of me sitting with this group of people from work at lunchtime, my wife was coming and sitting with me at lunchtime. <laughs> And instead of me hanging out and talking in the parking lot for 15 or 20 minutes after work, Kim was like, "Uh uh-huh, you're going to be home, right? Five minutes. Five five minutes from there to there. You can stop and get a drink if you want to, but that's six minutes. Because when you apply the truth to something, darkness has to flee, doesn't it? We know how to handle sin, and Paul teaches us how we can handle sin. See, Paul came to realize that we don't have to live by the law of sin in our lives, but by the law of the Spirit. So how do we live according to the Spirit? It's a question. Because we know that our, sin, our sinful nature is there. We know that we want to do the unrequited thing, right, to that, that obtain that object or that thing that we're not supposed to have so how do we reject that and walk in the spirit well paul give, i'm going to give you some some tips here i've only got three so we should end relatively on time if i don't get carried away <laughs> i told kim i said i'm gonna preach for 30 minutes she said good luck How do we live according to the spirit? well first of all it is, it is a battle in our minds did you know that your your soul I talked about the enemy of your soul right your soul is made up of your mind your will and your emotions so there's this battle that that rages there there's you know our spirits are made alive in Christ so they are they are you know whole they're good to go but really the battle comes within our soul it's our mind our will our emotions that's what we battle with Okay, so if my mind is set on the things of the world, then I'm going to be taking in the things of the world, okay, and there's going to be this war that rages because that's what my mind's set upon, the music that I listen to, the things that I watch, things that I hear, okay, I'm all, all taking that in. So what are you taking in this morning in your life? We're going to talk. I don't want to tip my hand, but what are you believing in this morning? So the first thing that we have to do is, our minds have to be set on the things of the Spirit. The more that we that you dwell on His Word and His truth, the more you will put to death the things of the flesh. You know, I was watching a movie. I started watching this movie uh, the other night, maybe two nights ago, and I. I had to shut it off. And I was talking with my wife about it, and I was just like, you know, it's been three years. We got rid of cable TV. We got rid of our satellite. And, but we did get, like, uh, the Netflix, you know. We got Netflix, and we got Hulu, and, you know, just a couple things that allow our kids to get on there and watch some cartoons and watch some things. But, you know, I get on there, and I watch movies and such. There's some nasty stuff on there. And my in-laws are here, you know, for the holidays, my in-laws were here. And if you knew my in-laws, they come from the old school, very disciplined in their faith. And, you know, Kim, my wife, grew up without a TV. Didn't have TV, didn't have no pumpkins, didn't have no Christmas tree, didn't have none of that stuff. They focused on God and God alone, okay? No trigger-treating, no, I mean, nothing, All Right? Very disciplined in their faith godly family now i'm not saying there's anything wrong with those things that's just the way that she lived okay but i was watching this movie and and i finally had to shut it off and and my mother-in-law said something to me she said was the holy spirit grieved and i thought about that and i prayed about that i was like that's brilliant If we're looking at something or we're doing something that's not right, it's not godly, it's not the thing that we're supposed to be doing, there should be something on the inside of us rising up, and the Holy Spirit should be grieved at that, and we should stop doing it. If you don't have something on the inside of you, when you're watching something that you're not supposed to rise up on the inside of you, there's an altar that can fix that. Because we should be grieved at what the Holy Spirit is grieved at. And if he's alive on the inside of you, then that's what's going to happen. And I was grieved at what I watched. And I shut it off. And I told my kids, I told my son, Devin, he's in Bible college down in Fayetteville. He was back for the holidays, and I I was talking to him. He's he's kind of a man now, so I can really open up and talk to him. And I'm like, you know, man, I just, I'm going to spend as much time in God's word, as I spend watch, more time in God's word than I spend watching TV. Think about that for a second. If I was focused on the things of the spirit, I was focused on his word as much as I am focused on that darn television. We'd all be Bible scholars. You know, two hours in the word a day, even if it's two hours in the word in a day, about six years, you'll all be Bible scholars. Pastor Dave, I'm sorry. They might be coming. Got a whole church full of Bible scholars. Think about that for a second. got to set our minds on the things of the Spirit. We must bolster our truth system. We must take the truths that we find in God's Word and apply it when we are faced with desires of the flesh. See, it's not just enough to have our minds set on things of the Spirit, we have to put it into practice. When Jesus was tempted in the desert, he put the word into practice. He combated evil, he combated Satan with the word of God. We've got to bolster our truth system. Remember, it's what we believe, not just. <laughs> Yeah, I believe in Jesus. No, 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 no. What we believe, what is that based on? Our belief system is based on the word of God. We've got to reject what the world says. So many times we base how we live our lives on standards of the world which is governed by the law of sin, instead of by the standards of God's word, which is the law of the spirit. See, the law of the of sin. This this I love I love studying truth. Have you guys really ever looked at truth? You know, because I was in college for a long time. You know, I was going to college, got several degrees, and, and all my philosophy and all my psychology classes and everything. You know, truth's relative. You know, what works for you doesn't work for me. Well, you know. The, 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 Okay, truth is not relative. If it is relative, it's relative to the word of God. God determines what truth is. And there are absolute truths in this world. And they're based on God's word. And those are the ones that we need to live our lives by. Because they don't change over time. They don't change because of culture. They don't change because I just don't feel like doing it anymore. They don't change because society says it's okay now. I don't care how many times, I'll I'll pass Dave, I might get ugly here for a second. I don't care how many times you say it, but the Bible says homosexuality is wrong. And it offends God, it it grieves God. Adultery is wrong. Lust is wrong. Come on. What do you believe in? We've got to reject what the world says because truth is based on God's word. It's not based on what people perceive or believe in their own truth system. If you want to live a life of consistency, then your life has to be based on the thing that is consistent, and the word of God is consistent. Reject what the world says. Paul says that we are no longer slaves to the law of sin and death, but we are set free by the law of the Spirit of life in Jesus Christ. We've got to know what God's Word says. The, the problem that Christians have and the things that they struggle with, I'm going to be straight up honest with you, is because we have a, a weak truth system. I'm sorry. We do. We have a weak truth system. The church in America has, has aligned, uh, I'm speaking generalities, I know that, not everybody, and if you're that holy one sitting out there, awesome. But, but for the most part, largely, we have aligned ourselves with the, what the world says, and we start to believe what the world's standard is instead of believing what God's standard says, Because we don't really, yeah, we read the Bible, but we really don't have anything concrete to stand on. When you're faced with temptation, when Jesus was faced with temptation, what did he do? He rebuked the devil by quoting scripture. When the enemy of your soul comes against you and you're beaten down, what are you going to say to him? When the enemy says, You're no good. I mean, I, I'm sorry, I have a checkered past. But when I get up and maybe I've had some dreams or I've had some thoughts and that, that grieve the Holy Spirit on the inside of me and I feel bad about it and I look in the mirror and I say, you wretched man. And the enemy's saying, you're not worth it, God really doesn't love you. That's just all fake, that Christianity stuff, man. Oh man, Pastor Jamie has those thoughts? Uh, yeah. But the cool thing is, you ready for some truth? I can, look at the, I can look at myself in the mirror. And I do this. My family thinks I'm crazy because I talk to myself all the time. But I can look in the mirror and I can say, therefore, there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Because through Christ Jesus, the law of sin who gives life, has set you free from the law of sin and death. For what the law was powerless to do, because it was weakened by the flesh, God did by sending his own son in the likeness of sinful flesh to be a sin offering. And so he condemned sin in the flesh, in order that the righteous requirement of the law might be fully met in us. Who do not not live according to the flesh, but according to the spirit. There's more truth. Those who live according to the flesh have their minds set on on what the flesh desires. But those who live according to the spirit have their minds set on what the spirit desires. The mind governed by the flesh is death, but the mind governed by the spirit is life and peace. The mind governed by the flesh is hostile to God. It does not submit to God's law, nor can it do so. Those who are in the realm of the flesh cannot please God. You, however, are not in the realm of flesh, but you are in the realm of the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God lives in you, And if anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, they do not belong to Christ. But if Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the spirit gives you life because of righteousness. And if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead lives in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal mortal bodies because of his spirit who lives in you. You want some more truth? Therefore, brothers and sisters, we have an obligation, but it is not to the flesh, it is or, uh, to live according to it. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the misdeeds of your body, you will live. For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Spirit you receive does not make you slaves, so that you live in fear again. Rather, the Spirit you receive brought about your adoptions to sonship, And we cry, Abba, Father, the Spirit himself testifies to our spirit that we are God's children. Now, if we are the children, then we are the heirs, heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his suffering, in order that we may also share in his glory. You see, we don't live life by the way that we feel. That's the problem. That's what the flesh wants you to do. You don't live life, and this is, this is actually my quote, <laughs> and I told this little guy one day, I said, we don't live life by the way that we feel. We live life by what we believe. No, 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 what we know to be true. You want to live a life of consistency? then you have to start with your truth system and your relationship with Jesus Christ. If you don't have anything to stand on, it's the old country song, then you're going to fall for anything. <laughs> it's our truth system. What do we believe to be true? What do we know to be true? I want to encourage you this morning. Jesus died for your sins. Yes, you're not worthy of that. But in his grace, in his grace, he poured it out on you anyway. Yeah, we're not worthy of it. But he chose us. And he chose us to do the work of the gospel. And where that starts is right here. We've got, we have got to solidify this argument within our own self. We have to learn how to suppress the law of sin and, and bolster the law of the spirit within ourselves. And, you know, that's part of the sanctification process. The more that we learn how to do that, the more like Christ we're going to become. The more truth that we have in our soul, the more truth that we put into our minds and our our hearts and in every part of our being, the more like Christ we're going to become and the easier it's going to get. And then you're not going to live this life on a roller coaster up and down, your emotions all over the place. You're going to live a life of consistency because the thing that you have your mind set upon is consistent. That's good news, isn't it? That's good news. Because from a kid that came from a seriously broken home, dysfunctional home, I can put my, I can hang my hat on that. I can have a life of consistency when I didn't have a past of consistency. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank you. We thank you for your word this morning, God. You are so amazing. Lord, to choose us for your son to come and die for us so that this law of the spirit might be lived out in us, that the law, that you came and you conquered the law of sin by dying on the cross. that we are set free to be sons and daughters of the living God, to walk in freedom, to bolster our truth, to share our faith and see God's kingdom come on this earth. Use us. Download into us this week, God. Just just give us an opportunity to share our faith to share what we believe and what we know to be true—that you died on the cross for us, that you sent, Lord, that you sent your son for us, and that we are forgiven, we are set free—in the name of Jesus, Lord. So I just pray right now, Father, that that each one of us here just, or just bank on it. We just put our—that's where we're going to hang our hat. We're gonna reject what the world says and we're gonna set our minds on the thing that your word says. If you could all stand with me this morning. If I could have my altar counselors come, my prayer team. Use this God this week in Jesus' name. Just take a couple more minutes. If If there's some people here that you've never accepted Christ into your heart and this what I'm talking about this morning, just you're like, whoa, I don't have anything in me that, that guides me like that. I don't have anything in me that, that, that causes that much passion and conviction, but I want it. I want Christ in my life. I want a life of consistency based on the word of God. These counselors are here for you. If I could have every head bowed and eye closed, I'm the only one looking around. If you're here and you've never asked Jesus into your heart and you want to live that life, I want you to raise your hand right now. If you're ready to accept Christ into your heart, yes, ma'am, I see that hand. Yes, ma'am, I see that hand. If you're ready to accept Jesus into your life and, and you're ready to say, hey, Pastor Jamie, I need what you're talking about. I need consistency in my life. Or maybe you're just struggling. Maybe you haven't, you know, dealt with that sin nature and you want to deal with it this morning. Raise your hand. Amen, I see that hand. Anybody else? I'm going to pray for you, and I want you to come down. Before you leave here today, I want you to come down to one of these counselors. I want you to pray with them. I want you to tell them. Because you know, when we apply God's truth, darkness has to flee. When you apply God's truth, darkness has to flee. Anybody else? Heavenly Father, Lord, those, those that have raised their hand, you know who they are. Lord, I just pray right now for those that uh, raised their hand for salvation. They've never known you or they don't know you, feel like they know you. God, I just pray for them. That their hearts be open to the gospel. That their minds be set on the things of the spirit. That they're gonna reject the, what the world says and they're gonna, they're gonna accept what the word of God says. So I pray right now. That that you, just in their souls, in their hearts, in their spirit, God, that you just make their spirit alive right now in the name of Jesus and that their hearts and their minds will be set on the things of God and they will say, I accept, I believe that you are the Son of God. I, I accept the, the free gift of salvation and I repent. And I turn away from my sin. I reject what the world says and I accept what you say. Lord, govern their lives right now. Lord, for those that are still struggling with that sin nature, all of us, every hand in the building should be raised. Lord, just give us grace. Give us mercy. Enlighten us. Let our hearts and minds be set on the things of God. Have your will, have your way. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.